Well, I'm not a crook. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. I have a dream. All I ask of our brethren is that they take their feet off our necks. It transcends the senses. This is Murder of Grey. Okay, so usually in the intro to this show, we try and keep it a little lighthearted and maybe we'll throw a joke in there as it pertains to whatever topic we're going to be discussing later on. But there is something major going on right now. And there, you know, there's the massive earthquake in Turkey that has destroyed countless numbers of homes and people are still out there on the streets searching they're still in rescue mode. Uh, they're still sending people out. I think just recently they sent people out from LA to, you know, help out with this, this crazy, crazy situation that's going on. And it's gotten so insane that as of today of recording, the death count has reached over 40,000 people. Now, just think about that. That's such a huge number. So many people have been impacted by this. And we just want to you know, let everyone out there know that we're there for you. We we support you. And if you would like to help out in any way, shape or form, uh, as far as donations go and, uh, you know, help these people get found and help these people find homes again uh, for everyone that's lost their homes. There's the uh, Syrian, Syrian American Medical Society. Uh, they're actually taking donations currently for the um, the earthquake relief funds. Uh, and the website for it is uh, sam slash usa.net. So that's S-A-M-S slash usa.net. And the proceeds donated to there will actually be benefiting the people who have been impacted by this earthquake. So if you want to help out and, you know, reach out to these people that are in desperate need as of right now, that's definitely another uh, a way to do it. So once again, that's uh, sam slash usa.net. It's the Syrian American Medical Society. Okay, well, I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And this is the Murder of Grey podcast. So today we're going to be discussing something that is pivotal to American culture. Uh, it's something, and not just American, actually, it started uh, in Europe and all that. So it's, it's, it's huge, right? But we're going to be <laughs> discussing tipping. Yeah. Everybody loves tipping, tipping cows. Yeah, tipping cows. You know, we're going to be flipping stuff, right? It's going to be pretty fun. Tipping tables. Flipping tables whenever you get pissed off at the game, whatever it is. No. <laughs> Just no. the tip. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> right, it's a kid show. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. This is definitely, <laughs> this is definitely not a kid show. A- anyway. <laughs> well, not anymore, at least. But so, so obviously, we all know what tipping is. It's whenever, you know, you get a service provided, you tip the person for it. It's usually with food or restaurants, or things like that. But how many people actually know the history of tipping and the controversies that are tucked beneath that idea itself? And one, like, just to start it off, I didn't know that tipping actually stood for something. Uh, it's, it actually does. It stands for to ensure promptitude which I was like, what, <laughs> when I first heard that? And that's that one sentence, whenever I read that in an article, I was like, okay, we need to look into this some more. And there's actually a pretty amazing history behind tipping itself. Uh, and it has been just weirdly ingrained into our society 
where so many people have tried to get rid of tipping altogether, but our government, for some reason, just will not let go of the idea of tipping. Now, I am I, like I will tip. I do tip, and I tip the you know twenty percent or whatever it is, right? That you're supposed to because it's just the right thing to do. At least that's what we think, right? We think it's the right thing to do, but really, is it? And I don't know. I know so many people who are against it, and I just think it's kind of funny. And most countries are against it. Just USA is like really fighting for this thing, which I think is kind of ridiculous. But are, are you, do you do you tip? Do you tip nicely? Or are, are you going to put yourself out there now whenever you go to a restaurant and someone's heard it this episode, they're going to call you out? <laughs> <laughs> no, I tip. Um, you know, if it's like... If it's like food or if someone's making something for me, like I feel like that's when it makes sense, right? Like I'll tip, you know, if I can afford it, I'll do the 20%, the very rare, well, I don't say very rare, but if I can't afford it, you know, I'll still tip. Like I'll still just do, you know, at least 10% because it's something, mm-hmm. right? Um, now I will say this. If you're going to flip your damn iPad at me at the smoke shop <laughs> or someplace that you're not doing anything, like you're not making anything, like what you're bagging, like, like what you're bagging, like zigzags for me, like, yeah, no, <laughs> do you need a tip for that? You know, like there, no. there's certain businesses you go into and they'll flip that around and I'm just like, uh, it's not like you made me a coffee, you know, like. Mm-hmm. I can bag but stuff. I provided you a service. Yeah, I'm like, it, you it's know, if the person's <laughs> funny or if they're very welcoming and have a good personality, you know, maybe. But like, even then, I'm like, dude, nah. Like, I'll I, I save my tips for like restaurants and stuff. But you know, I can understand why people, you know, don't want to tip because you know everyone's broke. Mm. You know, money's hard, which I mean, it's hard for the servers too, or whoever's, you know, working for tips. But it's interesting how I feel like in the past few months, thanks to like TikTok, like there was that whole like anti tip kind of thing. And I know there was the whole iPad meme too, but it's like, I don't know, it's interesting because it's like, like my situation, like if it's something like a smoke shop or something, like it doesn't make sense for you to give a tip. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people out there are like, why should I tip like, you know, this barista, which, you know, I can see that too, because it's like, is the person, is the person actually making the coffee going to get that tip or is it just the person at the, the register? Mm-hmm. You know, usually tips are pooled, but I don't know. That's the other thing. I'm like, if I can do it, I'll give you a cash tip because that way it doesn't get taxed. Right. Right. Cause that, that's the whole kind of point. Like for me, when you do a tip electronically, they're going to get taxed on it. Usually if I'm right, like I think that's every state does that. Mm-hmm. So it's like at the end of the day, you know, they're not going to get that full tip, which sucks. Yeah, kind of his purpose, yeah. Like, I'd rather them get the money that they deserve. But um, 
I can rant about that later in the episode when we talk about the actual wage people yeah. get. But um, Gosh, yeah, no, I tip if I get the chance and if it's, you know, a service. Yeah. Well, before we get into the history behind tipping itself, I, I want to kind of talk about where it's at now. Like tipping has really changed a lot. And you brought up a good example of a smoke shop, right? It's something it's a place that you would normally not tip at. But and think about this, too, with like DoorDash and everything like that, we're tipping or we're adding a tip now to like even fast food places, which I don't know about you, but I've never tipped at a fast food place in my life. And it doesn't For feel, yogurt land. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel like that's a norm to do so. But we are yeah. now tipping them. But we're not tipping the establishment. We're tipping the driver. So if you order from a restaurant, which you normally would tip at, that tip's not going to them. It's going to the direct. Like it's all kind of weird and convoluted now where tips are just becoming just an everyday thing. And it it almost feels like it's starting to become ingrained in every single business and establishment, regardless of the service that's provided. Like, can you imagine, you know, it, you go to the doctor for a, a checkup and then at the end they like hold out their hand for a tip, <laughs> right? Like it, it feels like we're almost going towards that direction. And that's part of the reason why people kind of started doing the anti-tip thing is because there's a lot of pretty messed up situations and a lot of weird laws in place to pay people very little money uh, if they are receiving tips. And if we're making tips more commonplace outside of service industries, uh, then it, you know, the government could step in and say, well, you have received tips, so now I need to pay you less, right? Or I can if I want to. So that's a whole awkward situation. But we'll, like I said, we'll get into that when we talk about wages and things like that, because it's a pretty interesting and messed up conversation to have there. And the numbers are really, really surprising. But let's start off with the, just the basic history behind tipping itself. So it actually started during the Middle Ages, and nobles would tip their servants uh, if they were prompt and they were, you know, and they gave us good service. So that's where it started out. It started, it's very, very old practice itself. Uh, but for a while, it kind of went away. And then when we left uh, England and came over to America, tipping wasn't a thing. It, it just wasn't there. But during the like 1850s or 1860s, some Americans started going back to Europe for a holiday. So they would go there for a vacation. And while they're there, they actually saw tipping in person. And they thought, oh, what a regal idea. How, how, what a better way to flaunt how much money you have than to throw a couple extra dollars at somebody for just doing a good service. So they actually brought that back to the States because they wanted to feel more aristocratic and, you know, feel above somebody. And that, that's the whole reason why tipping is here in the United States is because some rich Americans that went back to England decided, I want to be fancy, so let's do this. And this looks like a fancy thing to do because I got money and they don't, right? Like, it's kind of, I mean, it's not kind of gross. It's really gross that that's the the mentality that was had for this. So, it, yeah, it, it's it's pretty ridiculous. But luckily, for the most part, tipping did not take off at first. So there was some pushback from it. And a lot of people actually we're just questioning it in general of as to why are we going to bring this here? Because we left England for a reason. <laughs> why are we now readopting 
their standards into our lives. And there's actually a pretty uh, amazing book that was written. Uh, it was written in 1916 by William Scott. Um, so not the actor William Scott from American Pie. <laughs> this is an <laughs> author uh, back then. I Googled William Scott and I was like, oh, yeah, that's a I forgot about that guy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is pretty funny. But he wrote a book called The Itching Palm. And this was during in 1916. So it's mm. about 60, 60 to 70 years after uh, tipping was brought to the United States by the aristocrats to feel fancy. And there's a quote in there that I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of amazing. But he says tipping and aristocratic ideas or tipping and the aristocratic idea it exemplifies is what we left Europe to escape. So he was really trying to emphasize the fact that we left Europe. We don't need to keep adopting all of their crap, right? Like we don't need to bring that stuff in here. And a lot of rich or, you know, higher class people were against the idea of tipping as well, which, you know, it is kind of interesting when you think about it, because the wealthy who have the money to tip didn't want to do it because they felt, why should I be spending my wealth on this, right? Whenever eating out is already expensive enough. And uh, one person in and specifically was uh, known as Miss Morgan. So she was the daughter of J.P. Morgan. So we know J.P. Morgan is, makes, is pretty damn rich, right? And in 1915, she actually uh, opened up a restaurant that was an anti-tipping restaurant. So there was a no-tip restaurant out there. And she got backed by a lot of people, which I thought was pretty interesting. That, you know, people have been trying to fight this for so, so long. And with so many people trying to end tipping and just seeing that how much it can kind of mess up people's lives and make it so that people can pay them a lot less, which we'll go into those numbers a bit later, like we said, why is it that we still have this? Why, why did this become so ingrained in our society today? Well, the reason for it is actually the abolishment of slavery. So with the abolishment of slavery, slaves are able to go and get jobs. And the service industries were usually the ones that would hire them sooner, right? Or right away with no prior experience or anything like that. And the people who owned those establishments found a way to not pay them whatsoever. So they didn't legally have to pay them as long as they were getting tips. So they were still earning a revenue. They're still technically quote unquote free, but they have to work for tips and that's it. So this actually created like a new sense of slavery. It was a new form of it. We got rid of it in one way where they weren't getting any money, you know, anything at all. They were being abused and all that to now. Yeah, sure. You're free, but you're not going to get anything. Right. Like you have to uh, lean on the people that you're serving and hope that they're going to kick you down a couple coins here and there. And what ended up being pretty messed up with that whole situation is right, racism was and still is rampant. So a lot of establishments that did hire ex-slaves, um, people would go in and boycott and not tip on purpose because they didn't want to tip them. So these people were working and not earning any money because their primary source of revenue was tipping. Uh, and due to racism, they weren't making anything at all. So like that was just kind of blowing my mind a little bit and just how 
horrible this situation is. And it just makes you question and wonder, why the hell do we still have this? If it has such like horrible roots and right, like it just doesn't make any sense that we still have this system in place and it's still being treated this way, right? Like, yeah, sure. There is a wage that's attached to people who earn tips, but it's not a livable wage. It just doesn't make any damn sense whatsoever. And people are just gross. I mean, like, really? Like, are, are you serious? Like, you want to feel fancy? So you want to tip people? Like, do, do, when you think of, like, fancy aristocratic, like, do you really think that throwing a couple extra bucks is a way to show that off? I, I, I don't know. It just seems so antiquated. You know, like it just seems so like, I don't know. It, it's weird because I didn't know about any of this kind of past until kind of researches, researching this. Like I knew it was, you know, not started here. Like it was something like in the past, but I didn't realize like it had all these like disgusting origins, I guess. And it's it's sad because all when you really think about it, it's just another form of power and control. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's all it is. yeah, there's more liberties and more rights for people when it comes to this stuff. But at the same time, some states, many to be exact, um, still hold this power over people, and it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's sad you know i mean (sighs) it's 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 ridiculous and it just gets worse and worse right but so during this time uh tipping was still generally in the south that that was kind of a more of a southern thing with the ex-slaves there trying to find a new source of or a source of income a, a way to make a living and what actually made it spread across the united states was the railroad railroad system (laughs) I don't know why I said that weird, but <laughs> but it was due to trains that it started to be seen more and more across the country and became more and more of the norm itself. So uh, Pullman Company, which was a luxury rail company, uh, so is for fancy aristocrats who were to, wanted to go across the country, ride the rail system and have all the amenities of life given to them. Uh, hired a lot of ex-slaves uh, to service their their trains. And they were the waiters, that, right? Like the conductor, everything like that. They they made those trains run. But because they would go from north to south and south to north and like went across the United States, uh, that became more of a social norm. It became more acceptable at that point in the eyes of everyone. Because if you see it everywhere, then it you kind of stop paying attention to it, right? And uh, Pullman actually, like, he did pay an extra wage for the individuals that worked for him. Uh, But the amount of money that they made was pretty disgusting, honestly. Uh, So they made on average $12 a month. That's it. And yeah, so and that that was supposed to, you know, keep their families going. That's why these people would leave their homes for months on end on these trains just to send home $12 a month, right? By the time that they had to eat, right, they they probably weren't able to send home much of anything at all. And the rest of the money they could make in tips, but 
you know, with slavery being as rampant as it was, I'm sure the tips weren't that great, right? And with racism and everything like that, right? Like it probably didn't help out the situation at all. So yeah, due to due to the train system, it became more of a social norm, which is pretty, I don't know, it's kind of messed up. We always look at the trains as like, you know, the, the sign of industry, the sign of us like expanding and growing and right industrial revolution, all that stuff. But it brought this idea, this new form of slavery to the rest of the United States. So, and also brought that. Now, near, near the turn of the century, uh, actually, <laughs> this is pretty interesting. So near the turn of the century, 48 states had actually passed laws to abolish tipping. So despite it becoming a norm, there was still a lot of pushback behind it, right? And a lot of companies were still trying to fight that, oh, no, we need to keep tipping as a thing. Uh, otherwise, they won't be able to run as a company and blah, 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 blah. All this crap that these companies make up so that they can keep, you know, lining their pockets with more and more money because they're just not paying their workers the right kind of wages. So with that, though, if, if you were not in the service industry or did not own or a business that was in that industry, there's a lot of people who were against this and they had various laws in 48 different states that actually were trying to ban tipping altogether, just get rid of it because it was a relic of the abolishment of slavery. Like we need to get rid of this thing, right? But the government decided to step in in 1926 and actually remove all of the laws that have been passed to remove tipping from those states mm. Because they claimed that it was too difficult to regulate the cash inflow of these companies if tipping was not involved. It was too difficult to figure out how much these people should actually be making. So the government stepped in and said, you know, just forget it. It's too hard. Let's just keep it. Why, why are you going to mess with it? Because it's too difficult to think about it. Now, like that to me, I'm like, oh gosh, like our no wonder our government is so broken and messed up, right? Jesus. It, it, and one industry in particular really took advantage of this and decided to start um, lobbying with governmental officials, and that's the restaurant business. So the restaurant business became very tied with the government during this time whenever they were um, repealing all the laws that were set in place by these 48 states to uh, get wow. rid of tipping. So it's kind of crazy right now we jump forward a little bit in uh to 1938 where the fair labor standards act was actually enacted and this is a huge deal for our country it actually established minimum wage it's where we got our 40-hour work week it completely banned child labor right like these these are big things and we always say how amazing this is uh but tipped workers were not actually included in the minimum wage they were purposely omitted from that national minimum wage. The rest of the stuff, yeah, they're a part of it. The 40-hour work week, the banned child labor, but minimum wage specifically, they were actually removed from the Fair Labor Standards Act, which I think is kind of bizarre there. And then in 1942, the Supreme Court ruled that tips were the employees and did not have to share with the kitchen staff. So this is something that's pretty interesting. So before that, you were talking about the pooling of the tips, that was a standard. And that was something that a lot of establishments did. But in 1942, the Supreme Court said, no, we're not doing that anymore. The person who gave the service should be getting the money. So that's actually a pretty interesting idea. But that meant that 
now those restaurants had to pay their kitchen staff an appropriate wage. So obviously the restaurant business had some pushback with that. And (laughs) unfortunately, that Supreme Court ruling does eventually get overturned, which I think is just horrible. So that in order for the restaurants to continue paying their kitchen staff less money, uh, they actually got that rule overturned. So now they're back to that whole idea of the pooling method is a viable option and saying that they can receive tips so they no longer uh, have to pay them that much, which is just kind of ridiculous. So, yeah. It's an industry that, like, the companies usually make decent amount of money. Oh, yeah. The money's there. Right. It's a necessity when you think about it, unless it's, like, a pastry shop or something. But, you know, food's food. People go to it, right? And I'm pretty sure things weren't totally different than how they are now back then when it comes to the restaurant business. So it's, like bonkers to me that even back then they were like oh we'd rather we'd rather not pay you i mean everybody doesn't want to every business owner doesn't want to pay their employees if they don't have to but it's like with a category like that it's like they make enough money where it shouldn't be an issue um Mm -hmm. i don't know at, at the end of the day you can just think about like why don't you just treat them like any, like a retail worker, right? Like give them just that wage. Like, yeah, just pay them what they should be getting. (laughs) They're doing, they're they're working. So it's just, it's so crazy. And it's so crazy how much pull the restaurant business really has where they were able to, you know, tug on the ear of the government and keep this thing going for as long as they have. And I honestly, we haven't even gotten to like the really disturbing part of tipping. Like the fact that mm-hmm. it's still around, it's still pretty bad. But whenever you start talking about wages and things like that, that's when it gets even worse. And in so in 1966, there was this thing created. It was called the tip credit, uh, tip credit by Congress. So Congress actually invented this thing where service industries could pay their people less than minimum wage because they were earning tips. So this was actually written in by the Congress. And the amount that they were earning was between 40 and 60% of minimum wage. So that, I mean, 60% of minimum wage plus tips, maybe you can get by if you're a good server. It's possible. Uh, But what's unfortunate about it, that was actually revoked 30 years later in 1996. So they actually force, they, they froze the minimum wage for servers. So before, think about this, right? So you're making either between 40 and 60% of minimum wage. The minimum wage in California is $15, right? So you'd be making $7.50 an hour, okay? So that's that's basically what it would be right now. But in 1996, they actually froze the minimum wage for tipped workers to $2.13 an hour. That's like 10% of minimum wage, right? And that was in 1996. And... In 2022, so this was recorded as of last year, the minimum wage for tipped workers is $4.03. The national average is $4.03 for tipped workers in 2022. Like that's 
ridiculous, right? But, and this makes it even worse, there are still 43 states in, like, right now, in 2023, that are paying their employees, their tipped workers, $2.13 an hour. And that's 26 years later (laughs) from when the original act was put into place. So in 26 years, the minimum wage for tip workers went up 10 cents. Like that's, that's ridiculous. It's insane. Like there are. It just seems wrong. Right. Like, I don't know how you justify that. $2 an hour. Are you kidding me? Like that's insane. Forty-three states that actually do that. That's it's so bizarre. And some of the states that are a part of that are kind of crazy. And I I did look up the minimum wage of the state, and then uh, for some of these, so the, it's broken down into three separate categories. So the people who are actually earning two dollars and thirteen cents an hour, it's states like Texas, Utah, Wyoming, right? Like it's those kind of areas. But the minimum wage in Texas is seven dollars and twenty-five cents. So they're making really still. Yeah, it's still pretty low. Surprisingly, I didn't realize it was that low, Uh, but they're still making five dollars less than the minimum wage in that area. There are some states that are paying more than two dollars and 13 cents, but is still around the four dollar range. And a couple of them really kind of blew my mind a little bit. Right. So one state that is actually still paying their workers below minimum wage if they're tipped workers is New York mm. where the, you know, the minimum wage is $15 in New York and they can still make only $2 an hour living there. Like, how do you live in New York? It's so freaking expensive in New York. How the hell can you manage that? You can't even live at probably like 30 to $40 an hour there. You know, it's like, that's insane. Yeah. But there are some states that actually have enacted that you will be paid full minimum wage plus tips. Uh, And it seems to be that's the model that is hopefully spreading across. So you can still earn tips, but you're still going to be getting a minimum wage. And actually, California is one of them. Um, But whenever you look at the map of what states are actually paying their workers minimum wage plus tips, it's the entire West Coast. And then that's it. (laughs) Basically. Montana, it's, which is surprising too. Yeah, it's like a random uh, Montana's random there, and then it's in Minnesota, the West Coast, <laughs> right? Yeah. And with California, the minimum wage right now is fifteen dollars and fifty cents. So it's actually higher than New York, which I thought was kind of crazy with how much the prices are in New York. Uh, I, yeah. I would, I'm surprised the cost of living out there isn't higher. But California in the whole West Coast is able to properly pay their employees. Plus, they get tips on the side, right? Like, so it. Why can't the rest of the country do this, right? And it's just, it's it's a it's just a bizarre, bizarre situation going on. It's just so disturbing, and the way tipping is so ingrained in our society today, it it's hard to. It, it would be really hard to break out of it, right? I, it would take a pretty huge movement to do so. And I think the way to do it is what the West Coast is doing right now. It's, you know, we are paying our workers minimum wage plus tips because tips are like so integral into our society nowadays, but they can still earn a livable wage if they don't get those tips, right? So it's, if, if at any point you feel like, oh, I didn't tip as much as I should have in California, 
Well, at least you can rest assured that they are still making minimum wage, right? It's the same thing as if you're going to a grocery store and you don't tip your bagger because they don't want you to, first of all. Uh, But secondly, they're still making the minimum wage, which is far better than most states like New York or Texas where they're making $2. It's ridiculous. So something I've always kind of thought about when it comes to going back to what I said in the beginning with like shops that, you know, like yogurt land or smoke shop or places where, you know, it's either self-service or, you know, just like a normal shop. I always wonder, like, I know that tips go back to the employee and stuff, but say it's like a small business i don't know something like that and they have that i mean i guess it's all protected but what i'm thinking is imagine you buy a yogurt right it's you like to pile it on like i do and it's one it's like almost 20 dollars for a cup (laughs) um and the tip is like oh well here's 10 percent. that's two dollars and you're like okay why not and you foolishly hit the 10%. Um, Imagine if that 10%, right? Like that tip got split or even just a small fraction of that tip was taken back to the company. And this is what I'm thinking here is that what if all these businesses are just jumping on the tip wagon because it's a possibility of getting more money from the consumer that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise, right? Like, think about it. You're throwing more money at something that should be going to somebody, but a little bit goes back to the business, right? Or think about this. If a lot of people are tipping a lot of money, the business can be like, well, look, all these people have all this extra money laying around. Why don't we raise the prices a little bit? Mm-hmm. And that was something I was thinking about. You know, like these businesses that don't really need to have a tip question, like what if it's to gauge the the wealth or the income of its customers and then maybe try to adjust prices around that, right? Like if everyone's tipping 20% on your product, maybe they're thinking, well, these people can afford it if we bump it up a little bit because, well, if they knocked their tip down to 10%, that that other 10% that they were tipping before will just go to these new prices. Yeah, I could totally see that happening. I mean, it just makes sense, right? It's a way to gauge the their clientele without actually having to ask them outright. Like, if the prices were raised, would you be okay with it? Because everyone's going to say no, of course. But yeah. there's that model, right? The gratuity included. Or there mm-hmm. are places who do that actually do raise their prices to include a tip and then for most people you still tip on top of that right like so now they're doubling down on that so they have increased their prices and then now they're actually dependent on you or they're expecting you to tip on top of everything that you've already done so like that to me is is exactly what you're saying right like they've, they've proven that model it works they can do it and people will pay more because i I've seen that in places too. And, uh, you know, like my, my, 
my partner is a big proprietor of this, of tipping everywhere you go, which makes sense, right? Like she wants to make sure that people in the service industry are making the money they're supposed to. But mm-hmm. if I see the gratuity included, I always put like a little bit less of a tip. I'm like, well, they say yeah. this is going to this, but she is avid on tipping the right amount at all times. <laughs> she oh, doesn't. Wow. She doesn't trust that. She doesn't believe it. And I've tried to not tip on top of that, and she's gotten mad at me before. So. <laughs> I'm like, no, they yeah, I've tried to do the bit. same. <laughs> yeah, and my partner is like, no, you need to do at least a little bit. And I'm like, mm. I mean, if they get an eight percent gratuity, then I don't know, maybe throw an extra four percent out of two. But it's just like, I don't know, like, yeah, that, and that's something that a lot of times you don't know until you see the fine print at the bottom of one of the receipts, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, okay, this makes sense, you know. But then it's also that like group judgment, like if you're in a group. You know, usually it's if you're over a group of four people, they always add the gratuity on there. Usually, at least at like, I think it's a nicer restaurant. They do that. Maybe, maybe it's kind of more widespread now. But you know, think about it. Like the last time, and this is God knows how long. One, I barely go out to eat, but when I do, I barely go out with a group of people. Mm -hmm. But it was like I think six of us, seven of us, like a family outing, and. He's like, oh, gratuity included. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, it can be kind of a smaller tip because, you know, there's a bunch of us and Avoid they're already the getting conversation, right? Yeah. They're already getting a like nice little tip. But it's like the people I was with was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm doing 15% on this. I'm doing this. And I'm like, what the fuck? These are people that have a little bit higher paying jobs than me, too. So I'm like, can I pull the card of like, <laughs> I, make I less don't than get you. paid <laughs> yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's, <sighs> it's when it comes to that. That's where I'm like, I'll I'll give a little bit just to be nice. But it's like, if it's already included, then I mean, some of us don't make a lot of money or don't have a lot of money at that exact moment, and it's like we still want to have something nice for ourselves. And this is, of course, different like say we're states where they at least get minimum wage Mm -hmm. right like at least when it's like like california or something if a tip doesn't happen at least they're getting paid you know the 15 right right so it's like for me i'd feel less bad but if i'm in a state where they're getting two dollars like yeah i would definitely tip all the time you know, even if my financial thing is kind of bad, but that's also why I've kind of trained myself. And this is a good tip to save money. If I can't afford to eat somewhere for dinner and think about being able to afford at least 15% of that as a tip, I just won't go, Mm, you know, unless it's like a date night or something. Like if it's, if I'm treating someone or, you know, going out, then I'll do that. But for myself just to go out there and eat like oh because i want to be able to make someone's day or you know relieve some stress for someone by being able to leave a decent tip but also not stretch myself too thin right and i know a lot of people out there will argue and say well you don't have to leave a tip but here's the thing is like if you're in those states where they don't get paid a lot of money you do like that'll hurt them yeah you know like so for me i don't know plus it's just good to save money you know like 
people think, oh, if I if I go to this chain restaurant or something, like this money is going to go back to the employees and help them. It's not. No, you're you're just funding a corporation. Yeah, you're you know at the, the end of the that day. Point. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, yeah. it's it's messed up. And actually, you brought up a, a great situation, like right, like how awkward is it at the end of any group gathering where like you're splitting the bill, and then if they do have a split thing, they start bringing up how much they're tipping, like they're showing off their their money, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's kind of disgusting that that whole idea of why tipping was first brought here, of it being a a way to separate the classes, is still ingrained in our minds. Like it's still there, even if it's subconscious. And, you know, you can ask somebody and be like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. It's like, well, that's how it it comes off, (laughs) right? Like no matter how you mean it, that's how it is perceived. So you have to be kind of wary of that. So that it's always an awkward situation. I hate, hate going out because of that. And I always feel like I'm being stingy, but I'm just like, you know, like maybe I just don't have an extra $10 to tip for no reason just because you decided to tip for $10, right? Like, it, it's it's always kind of ridiculous that way. But one thing I would like to say is that I do feel as much as I don't, I mean, I don't really like Gen Z workers, uh, a lot of their practices that they do as well, like the whole silent protesting of like silent quitting and messing things up before you leave, because apparently that's a really commonplace thing nowadays. You know, a lot of People. I thought that's always been a thing. Well, it's it's like become the norm almost, right? Like I don't know. Like I always feel like give hmm. give your two weeks, right? Just leave. Why why are you gonna mess things? Uh, right? Like why do you have to be a dick? And if you work at a, a store that you have to fold jeans all day, why are you gonna unfold the jeans? Right? Like you you know the manager's not gonna do it. You're gonna get the person that was working next to you to do it, and you just ruin their day, right? Like. And then, yeah. and then you think about with references too. I feel like people don't think about references enough. Like you will not get a reference from them, and you might need that for a job in the future. But one thing I will say is that, despite how entitled they might feel, uh, there is some interesting movements that they are pushing forward, and I, I, I feel like they would be the ones to help get rid of tipping and make fair wages for everybody because they speak the loudest about it like our generation we we just grew up with it right like we we get it it's messed up but we i I don't know like do you feel like our generation can go through there and fix it i i don't think so i I think it's going to be taken or it's going to take people who are on social media constantly who with all these you know twitter trends and things like that like they're going to be the ones to make those big changes like that and maybe get it back to what it was at the turn of the century where we have 48 states actually trying to ban tipping. <laughs> the fact that we've gone over 100 years from there, it's kind of insane to think about that. It's, oh gosh, it's so bizarre. Just bring us back to 48 states, just kick off two. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, two of the states don't even, they're so far away. <laughs> Are you gonna regulate I mean, yeah. I, oh, damn! I don't even think about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, how are you gonna regulate that stuff, right? Like, or big earthquake? Oh, maybe shouldn't bring that up. <laughs> my silent quit on my first job was stapling my polo to the wall. <laughs> See, that's actually. I mean, multiple staples, so it would be a pain in the ass to get off. I, f- <laughs> I feel bad for originally. This, this I thought guy. about. <laughs> I originally, yeah, I originally thought of just 
like burning my Apollo in the back parking lot. But I, I, there was always a lot of cops back there. So I'm like, oh, that, that might be a little trouble. That's pretty funny. I also thought about setting fire to the the garbage dumpster. But um, that's also a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, that's Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, the two places that I've quit from, I would go into work and I'd be like, hey, by the way, I'm done. And I'm not clocking in. So um, I would like all my the money that's owed to me right now, please, before I leave. And that's that's my way of doing it, right? Like that money was owed to me. I, I showed it. Oh, that's so, smart. Like I want to make sure I got the money before I left. And I did that at two different locations. And that's how I like to do it. Because I don't want to wait, right? Like if you if you quit and create a fuss and everything like that and you just walk out, well, guess what? Your final check has to get mailed to you. So, I mean, legally, yes, they do have to send it to you, but they could lag a little bit. There's a little bit of leeway time. I believe it's like 10 days, so you can get it on that 10th day when you could have gotten it on day one, right? Like, that would suck to wait 10 days for a paycheck when you're yep. in between looking for jobs. That might be kind of rough. So it's just kind of maybe think about that a little bit <laughs> before quitting your job. But yeah. Well, anyway, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation of uh, a little bit of enlightenment to tipping and the history behind it. And some of the dark history behind it and just how messed up tipping actually can be and is. Uh, the fact that it's been used for hundreds of years in the United States to keep people down, to make it so that these big industries can continue to pay their people nothing and while they continue to profit astronomically. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty, the divide is, is clear and something definitely does need to be changed. We need, we need to fix this issue. Because if people are not making livable wages, it's just not possible. And with the amount of biases and open racism that's out there, you know, people of color and women servers are getting tipped less, so they have even less of a chance to make a sustainable income. So it's it's just something that needs to be addressed and talked about. But yeah. And just so as another reminder as well, um, this show is going to bi-weekly. So if you were looking at the feed and going, where's where's the new show? That's what's going on here. Uh, it's for our mental health, for just to make sure that the show gets the proper attention that it needs. Because, uh, you know, life, is, life gets busy sometimes. But it allows us to do a little bit more research. It allows us to develop some of these episodes more uh, to bring you some much better content we think so it, yeah so be on the lookout bi-weekly so every other monday the show will be right there in your feed to check out but yeah anyway we'll talk to you guys next time with the next set of moral ethical dilemmas that we find through time space everything the internet all that craziness but until then uh bye for now <laughs>